This is Unstructured. Hey everybody, welcome back to Unstructured. Today we have Kevin Goatee, spelled with two O's and two E's. A unique spelling, I think it's German if I recall. You sir are correct. Now he is the creator and mastermind, manipulator behind Comics Watching Comics, which is now available on Amazon Prime. And I think you are also selling it on Amazon too. Is that correct? Seasons one. There you go. Very good. One through four are on Amazon Prime. Season five and after that will be on Amazon Video. Uh, the reason why the first four are on Prime, Prime has a... Um, it's a, it's a lower pay model, but I figured, well, I put the first four seasons on YouTube for free, mm-hmm. and uh, that'd be kind of douchey for me to uh, charge people for that. So, But the second, uh, the, the season five and onward, that's where it, pay, it, it costs money. And this is not Amazon original programming. I don't get a budget, mm-hmm. so I'm in the hole for a lot of money. So that's why it's you know on the pay model, so I can you know make it back and you know hopefully and then some. Yeah, my second guest actually did a documentary that he has on Amazon and on Amazon Prime now, and he's also in the hole. He did um, Railroaded in the South um, about uh, the director, Randall Miller, I believe it is, who um, did Bottle Shock, and he was doing the uh, movie about um, Alan Parsons, Mm -hmm. and the um, crew member died on the train tracks in South Carolina. He was actually prosecuted and he's the only director in history to serve time for a workplace accident. So, Oh my God. Anyway, but either way he spent like, you know, a whole chunk of his life savings and everything doing the documentary and he is trying to eke his way back into it. And I know that putting your show together is not free and I kind of admire that. Thank you. Okay. It is a tough endeavor, but it's getting me places and also opened other doors and such. So I'm very happy um, so far with what's going on. And uh, I think this is my ticket out of corporate America. But you're not there yet. You like me. No, 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 no. I wish, but no, not yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> you need the corporate paycheck to help pay for the habit on the side. You, sir, are correct again. Exactly right. The wife works too, but it's, you know, we want to make sure we, we maintain a reasonably comfortable lifestyle that we've uh, grown accustomed to. Now, I understand that um, back in what, uh, early oddies, you were a pharmaceutical sales rep for Merck? Woof, really doing your homework. Yeah, even before that, we worked at J&J as well, and even before that, MRI sales. But yeah, I've been medical sales uh, my entire life. Okay, so you're still doing that now. Yeah, I, I currently work for a diagnostic test company. Well, cool. Now, um, after Merck, uh, I guess you got laid off, took the cash, took a trip to Europe, had some fun there. You want to talk about that at all? Yeah, it's funny. I don't, here's my phone. I'll turn that off right now. Uh, yeah, it was funny. A bunch of us were like, well, you know, the, the Merck is always having downsizing. It's funny. I was texting a buddy, one of my friends, the only one who is still there at Merck. Actually, two people are still there. He's been there. Shit, he started a year after me. So he's probably been there like 14 years. Yeah. And they're always going through downsizings. And they're, they're reducing headcount all across pharmaceutical sales companies in 09. They're just saying there's too many damn reps. We need to cut back. Doctors are sick and tired of being bombarded by like eight reps a day. And um, enough's enough. So they scaled back. And uh, they did it in waves. And I got caught in the last final and biggest 
uh, wave of them all. And they gave me, I think, was it, I don't know, 12 or 13 grand. They go, all right, here you go. There's five and a half years of service. Thanks a lot. And I'm like, all right. Uh, but a couple of guys I was talking to, like, hey, you know what? If we get let go, we should go to, uh, we should go to Europe. Check it out. And I was the only one who got let go. So that was fun. <laughs> and then I went there. I started out in, I was actually there nine years ago now. I was in, um, I started off in Madrid, then Barcelona, then Rome, Florence, Geneva, Interlaken, Switzerland. Um, I think it was in uh, Vienna, Munich, Prague, Berlin, Amsterdam, and then home. Cool. So you essentially you were kind of paving your path even back then because this is pretty comedy, isn't it? Yeah, and it's really funny because one of my very, very good friends, he was like, "Hey man, if, since you have the time, you'll be on a train or plane or whatever. You're not, you know, you'll be doing stuff the entire time. Why don't you ever, you've ever think thought about doing something? You know, like writing some shit? Like, yeah, yeah maybe. And I never did. And it was uh, in 2011 when I really started comedy. 2010 is when I really started to a. Uh, like the very end of 2010, uh, here's—I don't know if you heard the story. If you did, well, I'll tell your audience. Uh, I was really—I was at—I was at—I uh, was still at Merck then, obviously, and it was just no, I was. I'm sorry, I was at—I was at a GWR Medical, and I was just like, corporate America blows. It's the same shit. Everyone just—you're living to fight another day, and that's it. They're gonna fuck you over eventually. You know, there's got to be more to life than just getting on the zombie car, which mm -hmm. is I call it the uh, the train state, you know, the subway to work every day. Like, there's got to be more to life than this. And I said, you know what? I was kicking around the idea of stand-up. I was like, you know, people were always telling me I was funny, you know, class clown and all that shit. You know, been pretty good with the story, very quick with the line. Let's consider it. Mm -hmm. And then I saw in the theater the film Up in the Air with George Clooney. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Uh, great film. There's one scene where he fires J.K. Simmons, you know, the, the drum teacher from Whiplash. Sure, sure. So he fires him. Clooney fires J.K. Simmons, and he goes, well, what am I supposed to tell my kids? And Clooney looks at his resume and says, well, look, it says here that when you're – in college, you minored as a pastry chef, and you worked at a French uh, restaurant after graduating college. And the line that just shot a bolt of lightning up my ass is where he goes, tell me this, how much did they pay you to give up on your dream? He goes, 25000 a year. I go, well, there you go. That's it. So I took that as a sign and started writing jokes. And then March 12th, 2010, did my first open mic, and away we go. And how'd that go? I actually, I mean, look, we everyone eats shit. Anyone who says that they killed their first time is a liar. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the, the the key I was looking for, I mean, I was 33, so at least I had a little bit more of a pool to talk from than to talk about besides, you know, dick and getting high jokes, is that um, I did get a few legit laughs, and that's all I wanted to do. Not like, And I, never, I didn't tell anybody, oh, it's my first time. I didn't play that. Mm. I just rolled up, started telling jokes, and I got a few legit laughs. And I'm like, all right, there's something here. Like, that's good. And just kept working and working and working on it. And uh, and that's that. Now, do you record yourself? Yes, I do. I record my uh, on my phone. I listen to my sets and I, and I hear what works and what uh, what didn't work. Okay. So you grab those few laughs. You say, okay, why did those work? Why did these not work? Did I suck? Is it my timing? Um, how, how do you break that down? Just like you said, what worked? Was it the manner I said it? Was it in the order I said it? Was it the actual line itself? Just looking for those consistencies and then building, uh, you know, framing, reframing jokes. You know, one line may not work in one joke, but in another completely different premise, it may work like gangbusters in the other one. Okay. So it's always a constant reworking, believe me. I do. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know the field. I'm completely fascinated by comedy because 
I think the communication skills are phenomenal. It's something that I think everybody can learn from. I also have an appreciation for improv. Um, watching you, I haven't seen your stand-ups yet, so I, I'm not sure on that. Um, but I kind of wonder if you're more of a ninja in terms of, I don't know if you've heard of a pirate ninja robot. In uh, I have not. Okay. In um, improv, they have a thing called pirate ninja robot where it's just three basic roles that one can play a pirate is kind of a just wild man just swaggering through uh you know mm-hmm. goofy everything else the robot is like the straight man i'd probably be the robot mm-hmm. but drier and i'm guessing you'd be more the ninja because like watching you on some of the comics watching comics you sling in from the side kind of a dart mm-hmm. and then you're kind of just chilling back Right, because of the show is I'm the host. Like I'm not my my job is to keep things moving. Like, like you said, throw a few darts in there, let the panel do the work. Uh, I would say I'm a combination of a, a ninja. And what was the first one you gave? The first example. Pirate. I'd say I'm a combination of both. When I'm on stage, I'm I'm very high energy. Um, you know, very attention grabbing, just because I'm, I'm I'm naturally a loud person, and I do have a lot of. Uh, opinionated viewpoints on things and it just I, I think i'm a bit of both but i will you know i'll throw like a under the you know under the tongue under the breath kind of you know a quick barb in there here and there like you just mentioned from like on the show or even on stage if it's part of the act or or even if uh an audience member calls for something like that where i could i see something in the crowd and i just fire out a quick one liner or two yeah that's uh that, that that's how i would describe myself cool now um continuing on the same metaphor or observation um I wish I could kill that. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> um, are you um, casting based on chemistry or are you putting something in mind, kind of like what I just described, like having the panelists, one is of this style, one is of that style, so there's more of a balance? I do try and do that in mind. I try and have like a, a sage-wise one. I uh, I love having uh, the complete ball buster in another, and uh, and maybe someone who plays a little bit of in the middle for both. I think I've done that in most of my uh, most of my seasons. Well, cool. And um, how about chemistry? Do you um, determine hey these people get along pretty well or don't get along pretty well? I, I take it they're mostly your buddies. Most of them are, yeah, yeah, they, they are, are people I mean, obviously I respect and like. It's, uh, it's funny, like I didn't, on season four, I really didn't know um, Mark DeMay. I knew, I, knew, I mean, I knew those guys, but not very, very well. Like L- Sean Lynch, I think that's the first time I was really meeting him for, you know, more than like two minutes. Gino, a few minutes here and there. Mark DeMay, I met from here and there. But we sat down and we were in, it might have even been the taping, you, you said this. Like in the, after watching the first two comics, like it was like, we were together for years. Like everyone just started firing like just grade A gold. And and one I think it was Domingo's man, this this panel is just pure gold. Like everything we everyone was just everyone was again throwing out dimes and just crushing the jokes. And it was just the ball busting back and forth, the repartee. Everything was just flowing. So yeah, it's sometimes it doesn't mean to like it wasn't intentional to set up that way, but and then it just does happen where the chemistry is just through the roof. Sometimes yeah. eh. Now, do you cut off that a little bit? Um, because you can completely overshadow the um, the comedians. 
do I cut what off? When you're editing, do you worry uh-huh. that, okay, we can be too clever here. Maybe we need to back off a little bit. We're overshadowing the comedians or, or not. Um, I'm, I'm curious about balance. The balance is, here's the secret. If you're seeing a lot of a comic, they're either destroying or they're fucking awful. And I'm giving them enough rope. So we, if, we, if we have to take them apart, we gave you enough evidence why we're doing that. So most comics, it's like, all right, here's some here, here's here, you know, some panel. If it's a nice mix, you know, they're okay or they're, they're good. But if it's, you know, one of the other extremes, you'll see a lot of the other comic for that reason. Okay. Makes sense. And in fairness, and it's hard for me to judge because I'm obviously not a comedian. Most of them seem to be down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like school. It's like a bell shaped curve, right? You're going to have some A students. A lot of C, B students and uh, some F students, you know, maybe D's. But yeah, you're, the majority are going to be in that, you know, B, C range. More of C, though, I would say. Now, what are the circumstances uh, for the recording itself? In what, uh, for the recording of what? Uh, of the actual comedians. I, I take it you do it all in one session. You rent out the place and... Yep, yep. Uh, we do 50 comics in one day. So it's two seasons worth of comics in one taping. It's 25 comics per episode. And then we uh, watch 25 with one panel, and then a few weeks or months later, we watch the other 25 with another panel. We just taped se- – not just. Three months ago, we taped season seven, right? Seven. Uh, and I'm still trying to figure out who's going to be on eight. And hopefully that goes down in July. We get to tape that late July. Okay. And are the audience members the comedians themselves? Uh, in the beginning, just strictly yes, but especially the last, well, seven and eight, you'll see is going to be at a bigger club. So I did encourage audience, uh, you know, comics to invite their friends or family to sit in, to give it more of that, uh, uh, environment because, you know, the, the first taping was at New York comedy club, which is a lot smaller and I don't want to have more people there and the, the comedians, you know, not have any more room. So, uh. Yeah, so when we went to Broadway for seven and eight, we, I mean, it's, the, the downstairs room is, is huge. So it's we were able to pull that off. Okay, cool. Now, um, one question is, it, this is a very New York-centric show. Um, yes and no. No, not anymore because I'll explain. We had a lot of people, especially for five, five and six, we had people flying out for – um, from Vegas, from um, Detroit, from Atlanta, from Dallas, from Maine, from – oh, my God. There's a couple other ones. But, yeah. And then the last one, we had you know, L.A. We had a guy flying from L.A. We had other people flying in from other places too, Maryland, D.C., Virginia. Uh, but, yeah, the first few seasons were – more in New York because again, that's the majority of people I know. I'm like, Hey, I need, I'm doing this show. I need you to my friend. I asked a lot of my friends to be on there um, uh-huh. or people I was cool with. And then it's just really started to get around. And now, I mean, I even had people from Nigeria and Jamaica and Ireland want to, uh, want to, want to be part of this. How about the panelists? Uh, meaning what, what about the panelists? Are they all New York? Uh, yeah, I would say that's the case. I mean, look, I'm trying to get bigger names, people and all that. Um, 
real big names and all, but they cost money. And right now the budget is me. <laughs> so sure. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Um, on that note, I mean, have you uh, been contacted by any potential sponsors, anything like that? Working on that. And if you know anybody, I am all ears. Well, patreon.com. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kickstarter. Yeah. I, I yeah. Yeah, no, I we're, we're we're in discussions with a couple people, but nothing yet. But believe me, I'm uh, I'm trying to make that happen. Get those uh, those sponsorships rolling in, especially you know with, with the alcohol companies because we're drinking anyway. And you know we're always trying to say something sure. like, hey, you know, when uh, let's take a break, you know, and this break brought to you by you know Kettle One Vodka, you know, and show the bottle, talk about Kettle One, and pour a glass of you know Kettle and club soda for me and whatever for everybody else. So that's okay. uh, that's something we're trying to do. So you don't drink? Oh, I do. Oh, please, of course I do. <laughs> no, you said club soda for you. I, I was like, oh, no, kettle, oh. kettle, and kettle and oh. club soda. Uh, yeah, oh, no, oh. I. That's both. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, back um, back to the regional thing. Uh, I kind of had questions because I, I'm sure, curious about the different uh, styles of comedy, and I figure that hey, I'm talking to a, essentially an expert um, through at least seeing ranges and styles and areas. How would you describe a uh, New York comedian versus, say, uh, a West Coast comedian? I'll say West Coast is uh, L.A. Versus, right. um, I guess, a road comic is essentially the rest of the country. Would you? Is that fair? I would. I mean, a road comic can work anywhere. Hence, why they're a road comic. They can go anywhere. You know, have act will travel, and they do, and they do well. The thing with um, East Coast versus West Coast, we're funnier. <laughs> no, um, and we're faster. We we get to the point. Yeah, right. We get to the point faster. So, um, and that's something we preach on the show. It's like you need to come correct. You need to have your best shit lined up fast. Otherwise, the audience is going to not be vested, and they're going to lose interest, and they may get up and go do a bathroom break. New York comics are very. It's like boom, 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 boom. It's very. I don't want to say formulaic in the sense, but it's just like you know they're gonna, we're going to come fast and furiously at you. Boston comics, same story. They're in the same boat like uh, boat like that as well. L.A. more storytelling ish, I would say. Um, so I would say those are the differences. So you're joke slingers. I would say so. Yeah. Okay, and then how about the mid country? You know, like when people are on tour throughout the country, what, what plays? Uh, if you're mid, it depends. I mean, if you're in the Bible Belt or, or in the South or whatever, you better not make any, you know, anti-Trump jokes, or you better not talk <laughs> ill of religion, because they will, you'll be spending the entire rest of the show digging out, or may not even able to re recover from that, from what I'm told. Um, it's sometimes more safer. It depends. I mean, if you build a name for yourself. And people are coming to see you, then you just do whatever the hell you want to do. So it's uh, you can say whatever you want, and not worry about what flies and what doesn't. Obviously, you fly. That's why people are there to just come see you specifically. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, if you're, I guess if you're famous enough, they're exposed to your material, so it won't really take them by surprise if you uh, make a comment. Right, I would agree. Okay. Um. So, what do you have? plan next i i know that you've been reaching out trying to see if you can get networks different things i mean what are your overall plans you you really have done your homework congratulations uh yes networks are the next choice uh we all know internet tv is on the rise it's not amazon right now is great um pay model not as great 
So I think networks would be great. We're also trying to get a live show. We're actually having discussions at a, a well-known chain of a casino and mm. possibly doing a live show there on the regular. That's so where, like I said, we're still in talks for that. So cross your fingers that that happens. And if it does, holy shit, that would be great. But I, I really envision from day one, there's two versions of the show. The first version is where we take, and that's what the live show is, by the way. The live show is the, the, the winning, for all the winning comedians, they get to perform at a, a showcase. No, no banter between panelists. It's just straight stand-up for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I do stand-up. Uh, you'll see the panelists do stand-up. The season winners do stand-up. Se- a couple of semifinalists do stand-up. Even, um, and uh, I also did something called Redemption Section, where we had people who really ate shit do a minute each, and mm-hmm. the audience voted right then and there. Uh, who they wanted to see do a full set that night. Oh, cool. So that's, yeah, so that's, that's part of the live show. So anyway, so there are two versions of the show where a, I would do, like I would bring the winners around with me, like an American idol last comic standing tour. The other part would be, I'd go to a club with maybe another panelist or another two panelists and we'd sit there and we would do our thing after the comic did their thing uh, on stage and we offer critique and, you know, bus balls, and then we'd pick a winner at the end of the night. So I got two ideas for the show on how to uh, make it just more than a, a show on on um, Amazon. Cool. I'm I'm not I'm not trying to promote other shows or anything, but have you like watched uh, Kill Tony or seen any of that? I have, and I didn't know about it until my show came out. Honest to God, we're like, oh, this is like a knockoff of Kill Tony. Go, I don't even know what that is. Not it's exactly. Not, though. Yeah, they have a minute, and it's, they just slam the shit out of them. Uh, I really have only seen one episode, so if I'm wrong in my assessment, forgive me, but it just seems like they just go on there, take them down sometimes. And, and the, again, the one episode I saw, it just seemed like everyone that was on that episode got taken down and, uh, he's a roaster. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, look, in my show, it's like I'm promoting comedy. Like I'm promoting intermediate sure. comics to get to that next level. And we, again, we have a follow-up with them kind of with the, with the live show. So there's kind of more of a vested interest in some of these comics. So you're going to see, <laughs> we're going to see us all again. So yeah, that's like, I would say the differences. So yeah, I mean, I've seen Kill Tony, but yeah, I, I would say it's definitely different. There's elements of Kill Tony and the reason, that's the reason I brought it up that you possibly could study and maybe borrow because they do take it on the road. So right, they will yeah. have Kill Tony in a city, set up a program, um, the judge's interaction, you're doing it right now in your house on the couch, you could kind of have something similar um, live, you know, somebody does their five minute set or, or whatever for you, you can't interrupt it, but you could possibly, you know, talk to them about it afterward. Obviously, your levels are much higher. Kill Tony, a lot of them are literally, it's the first time they've ever been on stage. So it's more yeah, of they also have something. Yeah, there's also something called Comedy 101 that they do in the city. Um, oh, okay. fuck, what's his name? Ron Bennington does that at the stand. Uh, yeah, so they, they, that's something else that they did pretty much along the same veins as Kill Tony. But yeah, I would. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, the, the the live show. That's where I definitely want to go. Get the the tour out on the road, make some you know money, and uh, again, get the living hell out of corporate America. Well, you also have a podcast, um, I believe, uh, about movies and sports and betting and whatnot. Yeah, we do. We're on a little bit of a hiatus, but we'll be starting up again in July called the Sportsbook Box Office Podcast. You can find it on iTunes right now. It's me, my buddy, Jeff Paul. We talk about sports films, as you had just mentioned, uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a fun, good old time. I mean, you know, we, 
Jeff makes his opinion sometimes, and I, a lot of times I find them to be horrifically wrong, and I have to correct him. <laughs> cool. And I'm sure, he, I'm sure he would say the same about me. So you know, we're we're we've been buddies for a while. So it's. Uh, have you thought about doing a um, accompanying podcast for comics watching comics? Yes, I have, and yes, we are. Tell me more. That's an open-ended question. <laughs> nothing. To, I mean, there's honestly nothing to tell you about yet because we just, I just, so I'm working at the production company for another show I've got working. It's called, well, it's called Comics Watching Football. It's just what it sounds like. Uh, we're going to try and pitch mm-hmm. it to the NFL and uh, having an alternative source instead of listening to Joe Buck and, you know, Troy Aikman, you're going to hear comics watching and talking about the game. So I'm working at a production company and they're going to put on the uh, podcast studios they're opening up. So. We're going to take Sportsbook Box Office as well as Comics Watching Comics and have it there. I think we're going to have just people who are on the show on, maybe play their set mm-hmm. back to them and then able to break it down, talk to them, see how life has changed for them. Oh, cool. Give it a tip. So I, don't, I, I haven't completely thought out the uh, the path of it yet, but I mean, that's just a few of the, the bare bones I'm looking at. So you could go meta on it. Comics Watching Comics Watching Comics. If so I had a can, dollar for every time I've heard that. It'd be, I know. Uh, I heard it on your show too, but I'm going to take it anyway. <laughs> Fair and noted. But it still could be a useful tool for a background thing. So you, you're, you're looking for the hardcore fans who will show up in any city if you do a live show. I'm looking for any fans who have green pictures of presidents in their pocket. How about that? <laughs> Depends on the president. <laughs> uh, if, they, if they have a lot of one of them and it's enough that they can get in with that one uh, president, then by all means, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm looking for the the hardcore fans. I, I've got a nice, nice small base of loyalists. Um, obviously, I'm going to make it bigger. So that's where uh, this podcast whirlwind tour is coming on. So that's uh, that's a story. Cool. Now, are you going to roll them all into an actual network? type of situation uh meaning like a network of of your podcasts like um you have an umbrella operation the kevin goatee yeah uh no yeah yeah it's since i'm working at the production company it would be under their umbrella which is going to be owned by which which is they deal with uh cumulus media so I think that would be uh, that would be the umbrella for now. And maybe if I get big enough, we can uh, rock and roll. Okay, cool. Now I discovered you through another podcast, Sarge Approved. How did you come across those guys? They found me. They uh, I don't know a couple of years ago when they first started. I don't know. I was one of their earlier guests, and we had such a great time. They're like, hey man, you're really funny. Let's come back and do this again. I'm like, sure, I'd love to. We, we, we did a couple since. And uh, they were they did my social media for a, a year. They'd go out and you know they Melissa would post for me on social media. Sarge would go out and reach out to podcasters and go, "I got a great guest for you. He's a comic." Da 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 da. So that's how it happened. And I'm, I'm, we're like actually we're like, we become friends without actually meeting in person. That's cool. And, uh, yeah. So they they they've been really helpful to it, and they really they love the show, and obviously they're, they're fans of me, and I'm fans of them. So that makes things a lot easier. Oh, it's they're a fantastic show. That's why I wanted to throw a plug their way. I'm having them on as well um so what do you have next i mean jesus christ didn't i just give you four shows i'm working on <laughs> hey i'm i'm all about content my friend you're, i know you're and an improv next, guy <laughs> you're wait, which, i'm an improv guy yeah well comedian no we're yeah listen let's let's clarify something comedians are not improv people. Big difference. That is a big insult to say that a comic is an improv guy. 
Okay. So just uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Tell me more. I mean, I, I'd like because, to know why. because we consider we consider improv people jokes. Like it's 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 horrible. Like we really do. We think improv is terrible because it's like, hey guys, let's get a situation here. Uh, I'm eating something. What am I eating? You know, like audience participation is lame. It's just like no, go up there and tell your jokes, and that's it. Like comedy is the truest art form in the sense. It's like look. I'm going to go on stage. The spotlight's going to be on me and me alone. Like, you could have an improv troupe where four out of five of you guys are great and then carry the one shit bag who sucks. Comedy, <laughs> it's you, you either you are going to live by the sword or die by the sword. And there is no better glory than that. Um, and just improv just, is just corny anyway, I think. It's just, you know, all the, oh, let's do suggestions. Like, I've, I've honestly seen it done well once, uh, and that's it. Otherwise, it's just, I hate it. I just despise it. So. My diatribe about that. Anyway, what's next for me? Next is getting this casino to buy into the live show. One, getting the podcast up and running over at the new studios, uh, comics watching football. God, if I ever get the NFL to buy into that, that's you know that's a game changer. So just getting all those out there, seeing what I can, you know, just getting all those off the ground. That's what I'm looking to do, and uh, just create shows and host. That's the way to do it. Stand-up comedy is great. I love it. It's just, but if you're looking to make it, quote unquote. It ain't gonna be through comedy. It's it's so hard, and even professional comedians like working comics. I mean, you know, most of them, most of them, and you have to be in it for a while to get this point. You're making like twenty eight, thirty five grand a year. You know, that's uh, that's just not my forte. It's just you know, again, if I'm gonna do this, I want to have. Uh, I want to be making really, really good money. I think creating shows like that, just I'm 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 swinging for fences. That's what I'm doing. I'm not trying to hit a single or a double. And for those of you who want to do that, I'm not knocking you. That's just not my style. I'm I'm trying to mm-hmm. you know, I'm not trying to grind out through the clubs like you are. That's cool. That's great. That's your path. I'm not knocking it at all. I'm just saying like I'm going for the bigger and better things because I think I'm better than that. Like I just don't have to be what it takes for a road comic because I've got a wife. I got a I got a young mm-hmm. daughter. You know, my wife works, she's a, she works for Bloomberg and, you know, she's, you know, she works, I need to be around for the kid and I want to be around for the kid. So it's to be on the road nonstop, it just is not my forte anymore. So that's the, uh, that's the path. Well, I think it's kind of cool because a lot of the most successful people are the ones who write their own story. And I feel like you're doing that. Right. I I would definitely agree. A hundred percent. I am. It's just. When you're when I'm in sales, my my day job, like I'm going to be like that guy. Like whenever you think of me, I'm like whatever product I'm representing that guy. Whenever people comics me, oh, comics, watching comics, that's all I want. Brand recognition, that's all I want. Well, it seems to be taken off now. What have I forgotten to ask you? How is that I can pull off looking so devilishly handsome after going for a three and a half mile run? I don't know. Good jeans. <laughs> no, that's it. I don't have anything else. Uh, I think you've gotten all the major points and uh, all the shows and such. And, you know, just keep your fingers crossed. If you know anyone at networks, let me know. If you know him for sponsorships, let me know. Absolutely. And hey, thanks a lot for coming on, dude. Thanks for having me. More importantly, I really appreciate the time. Great talk. And again, you get great inter- you're a great interviewer, man. You came with all your notes and facts. And Probably one of the most well-prepared podcasts I've been on uh, easily within the last month or two, for sure. That's, uh, you know. Where can people find you? KevinGoatee.com. K-E-V-I-N-G-O-O-T-E-E. Two O's, two E's. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. At Comics Watching on Twitter. Comics Watching Comics, Facebook, Instagram. ComicsWatchingComics.com to get yourself a shirt, um, to see videos from the panels performing, to see photos from behind the scenes, the live show, all that good stuff. So comicsmatchatcomics.com and you'll see you know, the announcements to when the new casting window will open for 
uh, new commission or the commissions. What am I saying? Comedians, excuse me. That probably won't be until at least late this year, early next year. I have one question on that for the people who want to be contestants. I've gotten the impression that you don't really care as long as they have three years in. Even if you think they suck, you may want some of them. Of course I do. I have to represent all. I'm showing comedy. Like the the point of the show is this. Yes, it's um, it can be almost a tutorial for comedians. But the real point of the show is to show the general public what how comedians really watch comedians. Like when you watch NFL, you see the guys with the X's and O's breaking down the nickel blitz. You know, this is what we're showing you how comedians craft jokes, write jokes, just bring you into our world, showing you it's not just being the funny guy at the office will get you a Netflix special. It's the grind. It's the this shit is not easy when you see when you think it when you get that feeling it's because you're watching a true professional work so we're just bringing you into it so yeah i want to show all aspects i'm going to show people who are great i'm going to show people who are mediocre and can be great by working on it. i'm going to show you people that suck and you're going to see people that suck in no matter what field of work you're in and uh, just because they're there and they suck doesn't mean they, they should be ignored i mean these people think they're good and we're going to go out and say no you're not and we're out to say to those who are good like you're fucking great and give them that chance and exposure to make sure that they do get noticed by whatever they want to pursue in their in their endeavors okay and you're cool with clean comics dirty or blue comics the range correct yeah no clean dirty i mean my preference is dirty uh my all-time favorites david tell my rodney dangerfield tosh kinnison um rock so, I mean, clean, eh, I mean, if it's done right, it's still funny. No one's going to knock that. And again, comedy subjective anyway. So I prefer a dirty, but if someone's clean, they're killing it. Who gives a shit? And what would you recommend that aspiring comedians do to prepare? I understand that the window's not open right now, but what can they do to get their act together to submit? Don't rush. Don't, because you turn three years old into the business, don't rush to submit. Please don't. Uh, and if you are younger than three and you submit and you get in, you're going to face the music. You've seen people eat shit. A lot of them do sneak. I can't, this is not a job where I can go call HR of your last company and verify your employment record there. No. Someone says I've been there for three years. I have to take them at the word unless I know them and know for a fact that they were there for less. But, um, I would wait. Don't, don't rush to do this. This show will be around for a bit. Wait till you're four five, six, seven, eight years in. You'll see, you, you get insanely better with every year you're in so just wait don't rush to get that fortune and glory because if you rush in too early and you get you know the business given to you it may dissuade you we don't want to do that but don't run in here thinking you know three years in i've got everything figured out you don't i'm eight years in i still have shit big i'm barely figuring things out i'll I'll give myself a half step of credit so (laughs) don't don't rush um, take notes, just watch a lot of comedy and move that goddamn mic stand out of the way. One of my biggest pet peeves were when people stand in front of the mic stand, when they take it out of the, the mic out of the stand, but they leave the stand in front of them drives me fucking insane. Unless you're the one person who wants to talk in the mic stand and not move. Okay. That's what you do. That's what you do. But move that mic stand out of the way. One of the biggest pet peeves. So don't lean on it. Don't, don't lean, lean on, on it. it. That's it. <laughs> it's, what is it? Psychological. Like, hey, it's a barrier between me and the audience. I'm unsure of myself, and this is like my own little safety blanket. Use it as a crutch. You lean on it. You look stupid, you know. And for God's sakes, don't hump the mic stand or the stool either. That's fucking horrible. <laughs> All right. On that great parting advice. Thanks again, <laughs> man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for the time. Good talking to you. Hey, everyone. Eric here. I want to thank you again so much for listening. I know your time is valuable, so I really appreciate you taking some. If you like what you hear, please spread the word. 
We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Unstructured P, as in podcast. Also, you can review the podcast in whichever app you use. It really helps a bunch to spread the word. Thanks again. Now, tonight's adventure into the unknown. Shut up and sit down. Sarge and Frenzy from the Sarge Approved Podcast. Uh, if you're not familiar, the Sarge Approved Podcast has a guest every episode featuring uh, people like actors, comedians, uh, survival experts, authors, martial arts experts, basically a whole gamut of badass people. Yes. And you can check out all our episodes on all the podcast platforms, iTunes, Spreaker, uh, uh, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, um, and yeah. you can check us out on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. It's all at Approved. Yep. Check it out, and we hope you enjoy it. Bye. Later.